Fisher and his Texas A&M Aggies rolled into the plains to face the Auburn Tigers under interim coach Carnell Cadillac Williams in his first game. This game featured two teams trying to terminate their own five-game losing streaks and to bolster their bowl eligibility. A low-scoring fair unfolded as both teams were positively polished, playing to prevent the other team from putting up points. The stalemate ended, however, with a four-play, 62-yard drive that put the Tigers up 7-0 on the visiting Aggies. The next three drives for the two teams ended in punts with the final drive. A promising 12-play journey taken by the Plainsmen ended by an Aggie interception. The fun continued in the second half with the Auburn men missing field goals to start the half. The Aggie off Defense agonizingly couldn't convert a timely third down, going three and out futilely five times to start the second half. The teams continued to trade punts until the Aggie defense stood stoutly and stopped the Tigers, forcing a fumble, which the Aggies then recovered. However, unable to move the ball, the Aggies punted away to the hometown Tigers, who then proceeded to stall their drive, but a beautiful punt pinned the company from College Station deep inside their own five. After another stop, the Tigers were able to convert a field goal, bringing their point pile to ten. But the Aggies, agitated, amazingly absconded with the next Tigers drive, final pass for an interception that turned that turnover into points, kicking a field goal to get within seven. The leather-lugging lads from Manum then forced another punt, but fortune favored the frenzied felines as the Aggies fumbled it back to the pesky plainsmen. The War Eagles eagerly edged in another field goal to increase their inertia to 13-3. In their last gasp, the Tigers' Texas nemesis poured everything into this last drive and went the distance to score the game's final points with a touchdown. The Aggies had one last onside kick attempt to try to tie the tangle, but the Cats covered the kick, securing victory in a jubilant Jordan Hare. Auburn 13, Texas A&M 10. Welcome, everyone, to the Sickles Community Podcast. This is our recap of Week 11 of college football. As always, I'm Jordan. I'm the VP of giant inflatable shit outside of my house. Uh, with me tonight is Chicken Sedan and Commissioner Escalante, as always. Kamish, how was your weekend? It was a fun weekend. I, I, I got to enjoy a, a lot of college football. I also partaked in some, some lovely barbecue eating. My, my sister-in-law had her birthday, and she wanted to get some barbecue for lunch. I got to enjoy some, some fine, fine Texas barbecue, which was great, and then uh, pair it with some fantastic college football. Uh, it was a great weekend. Where'd you guys go? So there's this place in San Antonio. It's called Two Brothers. Yeah. Um, and it's like, seriously, like the area that it, it was in is like, was nothing when I first moved here, probably about 15 years ago. And it was just kind of like one of those little places that was like underneath an overpass, so to speak. And it was just like, you have to like, if you drive too fast, you will miss the turn. And then you have to like go down to this area in like this weird valley or like this, like, I don't know, maybe like a, a dry creek bed in San Antonio area uh, to find it. And they have they have some really good uh, barbecue sauce. They have like three different types of sauce to go on there. They're different rubs and, and, and everything. But it, it's good stuff. And that's one of the ones, one of the best ones in San Antonio. Chicken Sedan, how was your weekend? It was great. Um, We just moved, not too far, but moved a few weeks ago. Finally got into a house after being stuck in the middle of the wilderness for a while. And uh, last week was the first weekend that we've been in the house and we haven't really had visitors i mean we had uh friends and her daughter stop by for a few hours friday evening but she had you know her daughter's pretty young so they had to be gone pretty early so pretty much free weekend haven't had much to do most college football i've watched probably since i've moved so that's good probably for this podcast this was the saturday that i watched the most college football that i have watched in a long time this is the first saturday in a while that i haven't been booked at some point during the day 
So I got to watch almost all of it, which was a great thing. My favorite thing this weekend was I put up, finally put up my giant Bucky and it's beautiful and glorious. It's six foot tall. It's bright. And I can see it out the window right now. It's amazing. You know, Jordan, I'm actually kind of surprised based on all interactions and all the podcast episodes I listen to. You don't seem like a person that would tolerate having Christmas decorations up before Thanksgiving. It seems like one of your pet peeves. It is. And even my wife was like, when she got home, she was like, why is it up? I go, because it just felt like it needed to be. I bought it. I want that thing up. It's gorgeous. I found one on Amazon that is Santa riding a dinosaur, another inflatable that I might get to balance out the yard. In my last place, there was a house around the corner that had pretty much from Halloween through Christmas, just every holiday, we completely filled their corner yard with, yeah. with inflatables. It's just incredible. There was one, uh, my, my friend Adam, uh, he lives out in, in Hutto, Texas, the, the home of the hippos. Hutto hippos. Um, he, had, he had a neighbor where inflatables all over the place for Christmas, but they were just minion inflatables. So it was just like nothing but Christmas themed minion inflatable. Uh, and I mean, you couldn't even see the grass. Like, like a, mom, the like a mom on Facebook, Jesus. Just, just, oh just minion inflatables everywhere. Like Christmas themed minion inflatables. I, I swear there was like 50 to a hundred. Good God. But, but, I don't. I don't think this this person does it anymore. But uh, or they, maybe they move. But every time Christmas comes, we 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 would ask him like, "Hey, are the minions up yet?" But <laughs> and you can never you can never forget that because it's just and it's like right across the street from him, so he has to see him all year long. Yeah. I mean, all all holiday season long, not year long. That'd be that'd be crazy. But who knows? <laughs> I'm not even like a big decorator in general for the front of my house for Christmas because usually we're not here for Christmas. We always go see like one or said the grandparents or the other. So, I mean, that's some of it, but I don't know, man, the giant Bucky called to me ever since I saw him. It just spoke to me. Yeah. My, my wife usually has historically kept hard and fast rules about decorations for the seasons, but it's been years and years since we've hosted Thanksgiving here. So pretty good at, at putting them up early and now being in in michigan compared to virginia for the past eight years right it'd be a little nice to put them up a little earlier i think well the other thing i will say is that uh i have beveled everything this week i will not apologize <laughs> i will not stop beveling things that button just makes me so happy and i don't know why the you frog teach- the frog was my favorite because man i turned it into shredder by the end you got to teach me how to do this, this beveling, because you were sleeping and we were still getting bevel requests. I, and I was saw, like, I I was like the, 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 uh, the account beveler has gone to bed. Is, is there a school that we think could turn into the most Lovecraftian uh, monstrosity? I mean, the, the frog got pretty close, honestly. Yeah. Uh, it, I think that I'm going to try. I need to find a good shot of the okra from Delta okay. State. Hey, shout out Delta State who made, who made the D2 uh, playoffs. Shout out, uh, fight an okra. Yeah, fight an okra. Delta State, I think the okra I could really do some fun with. Or the uh, the gooey duck from Evergreen State. Have you seen this thing? I know oh, what it is, the animal, but no, I've, I don't never didn't me, know it was a uh, mascot. Yeah, Evergreen I mean, State's you, one of those weird ones in Oregon. I mean, you haven't you haven't beveled Big Red yet. Somebody said that the, the double beveled Oregon State beaver looked like natural wood engraving, like laser engraved wood. Oh, and, like it, and it fit and it fit really well for like the beaver and the wood aspect for it. And maybe we found Oregon State ranked again, Oregon ranked State. Again. 
That's right. Yeah, there you, there you go, chicken. There you go, chicken sedan. You found it. Commission. Check out one of those the, uh, fish from one of those generic fish from SpongeBob. It does wrapped in a. A tortilla they've had a or something. They've had a couple of versions. Here's the, here's the other version they have, which looks a little weirder. Ooh! <laughs> what is this thing? It, it, uh, have, you, have you not ever seen a gooey, an actual gooey duck? Let me send you a picture of an actual gooey duck, because it looks no. weird as hell. Uh, let me find it. Oh, there no. I just found an image of it playing uh, tennis, and I will not share this. <laughs> like, like, that's an actual gooey duck. Oh, okay. So that's actual. Okay, I've seen that. All right. Yeah, it's it's a it's it's a clam. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's a it's a mollusk. Yeah, whatever. Clam mollusk, whatever. Don't. Okay. So let's <laughs> talk about some games. First off, on our Maction, Kent State and Bowling Green. This was a really weird one. Kent State, like, like blew out Bowling Green, but not in the weirdest fashion ever. It was insane that this game went like this. But this is like Maction from Wednesday. So we're just I'm just recapping from Wednesday because. We didn't talk about this one. Um, this one was, there was four normal turnovers in the game. So I, I'm going to say like normal, like, you know, interceptions, fumbles, right, you know, right. stuff like that. There were eight turnovers on downs. So like, the, the, <laughs> going for the, it. they kept going for it and failing. It like combined eight turnovers on downs. It was amazing. And then like Kent State won this game, like, like handily. Like, like it wasn't, it wasn't close at all, but yeah. it was just amazing that they both, like, I think it was almost even in how many times they failed on downs. <laughs> like, it was so ridiculous. I mean, Bowling Green also had a seven yard punt in the game that was down by the punter and the punter's last name is Sir. That's right. <laughs> and he's Australian, of course, but <laughs> it's like, excuse me, sir, are you going to down your own punt? After seven yards? Yes, he did. And he made a, slive, a sliding dive and downed his own punt. We need to get some cash. And at some point, we need to fly out to Australia and go to that punter academy and just see what's going on. Because I want to hang out with a bunch of like 32-year-old steel workers who have family and kids who are just like, I just, just want to go to college. going to go get my business degree. Do you think they have uh, restrictions on their cigarettes there where if you brought down some American Marble Reds, they might be real excited to smoke between their punts? <laughs> No, guarantee you they're smoking between their punts anyways. There's no way they're not. <laughs> There's no way they're not. They're hang- they've got a cigarette as they're going. I know, like those Australian punters. Hell yeah, they are. Oh, sorry. Do we know how many Australian punters are in college football at this point? No, but I can find that out. Like, we can find okay. that out very easily. I mean, it's, it seems like a lot. almost every punter is Australian at this point. It feels like do you think any Australian punters it. follow us? Some do. We have so many random players that follow us or like high school students that follow us, which is very bizarre. Like lots of recruits follow, like lots of recruits follow us. Like that idea is so fucking funny to me. Like three-star recruit following the sickos committee. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) One thing I'm noticing, I didn't watch this game, but one thing I'm noticing here, I feel, I feel real bad for Bowling Green's backup quarterback came in through one pass and that one pass was intercepted. Can we talk about bowl eligible UConn? Hey, UConn, you beat Liberty. God bless you guys. Thank you so God much. God bless you. Thank you. Oh, yes. my God. Ranked Liberty. Oh, there we go. Oh, yes. The joggers and the shirt. The joggers and the sad husky shirt. Beautiful. Got to represent. Way to go, Chicken Sedan. <laughs> yeah, that game was great. Um, it was. It, it, it literally was a great game. It was close the whole time, which it shouldn't have been because Liberty was ranked in the AP poll. 
there was a I watched the almost the entire first half. Then there was a bit into the third quarter that I didn't catch, and then pretty much most of the fourth quarter I watched. But the first half, boy, UConn really dominated them. They just ran the ball down their throats. The the only thing that seemed to be stopping their offense was they had no vertical passing game. I think the only passing that I saw that worked out of UConn that game were screen passes. But boy, they're getting at least five yards on a screen, so. That's, I mean, that's the thing. Like UConn, UConn's explosiveness is not great this year. Like, it's just not what they do. Uh, I think they were averaging like seven yards a carry at one point deep into the first half, and they're still kind of throwing the ball. Like, just just do what's getting you there. But they they pulled it off. So happy for that. If you guys listen to the full cast after dark, they covered this, but I will say it anyways. So we said, hey, people with the bowl shirts, where's our fucking UConn bowl bound shirt? Like, and we got I a message even, from them. I wasn't even mad. Like, it was just like, so I, I tweeted it and it was like, hey, Pitt, you got your bull bound shirt. Congratulations. Right, yeah. I was like, hey, I was like, congrats, Pitt, get that. And then I put in parentheses, like, we're still waiting on the Yukon shirt. Like, I wasn't even like trying to, you know, antagonize the account or anything. No. But then the account wanted to respond. And uh, it was not necessarily a. A well-received response. They they got ratioed a good bit. So got incredible. <laughs> Can I for defend once, them for, for one once, second here? Well, wait for what? For once, it wasn't one of my shitty one of my shitty opinions. They got ratioed. I was super happy. Yeah, I think <laughs> I, I gotta else. defend them a little bit. They they the shirts do say bowl bound, and as much as we want them to go to a bowl, and much as they're likely to go to a bowl, unless there's you know too many teams qualified. They, they technically aren't bowl bound until they get selected. I, I thought the whole thing was bowl eligible, which I mean, you still print those shirts. I just have this feeling like if they weren't UConn, if they were, you know, the um, a six and six Mac team that's going to get bowl eligible in the last week, they'd still put out a shirt that said bowl bound. I mean, because there's, feel- there's, there's bowl tie-ins like the conference has an allotment. And so UConn being independent. Basically, I feel like that's taking away from them. So maybe this is like a misinterpretation on our part, because I mean, really, bowl bound. It seems to be like the corporate account associated with the uh, all of the bowls that have conference yeah, ties. Is. So it's again create a bowl game like you did last year out of nowhere, <laughs> and I don't care if you hold it in Frisco, hold it in San Antonio, hold it. I mean, wherever you got a stadium. Hold it in and make sure UConn goes to a damn bowl game. For God's sake. Now, now what if what if uh, it comes in and, and the MAC has, say, 10 bowl, bowl eligible teams? They don't have 10 bowl tie ins. So right. do we have to go back and and, and, and and freezing cold takes them, their, their, their thing about, uh, say, uh, Miami University <laughs> bowl bound and now they don't make a that's, bowl? That's what, I'm, that's what I'm saying is that it's happened before. Like last yeah. year was last year was specifically unique. They added the bowl to add two teams. It just so happened that North Texas was one of them, so it made sense to put it in Frisco because that was the bowl that was sponsored by Ryan, who is also uh, corporate tax fraud, the company, and <laughs> and also Ryan. I mean, and, and also and also and also apparently a big donor to UNT's business school as well. So like it all worked out that like Frisco was the perfect place for that bowl. I have, I can't remember who UNT played in that bowl game. I think it was Miami they, Ohio. Because they didn't fucking let me go to that bowl game. Well, Frisco Miami Bowl did. <laughs> Frisco Bowl did. So that made sense. But in the past, like teams, especially MAC teams, mm-hmm. have been left out of bowls. It's usually a MAC team that gets left out of a bowl game because they're just the most remote from the bowls. 
So if a Sun Belt team makes it, they're closer to the South. They'll get more people there. They'll, they're more likely to take a six and six Sun Belt team than they are to take a six and six MAC team, just in general. Growing up in Toledo uh, in the '90s, late '90s, early 2000s, it seemed like a lot of times you'd see Toledo or, or Bowling Green wasn't really that good. Them, you know, certain MAC teams would would be bowl eligible, but they'd only like take two or three of them. But I guarantee you that those teams will get sure, like like that they will put out <laughs> announcements. And if I'm not like freezing cold takes me, fine, whatever. But I get like it feels like they will put shirts out for those guys. Yeah. And then even if one of them doesn't make it. So I, I don't know. I, I hope so. UConn deserves it. You know, those shirts remind me. I have a um, uh, Boston Marathon jacket for the 2020 Boston Marathon because I qualified and I was all set to run it. And then all of a sudden COVID hits and it never happens. <laughs> and apparently my time wasn't good enough to qualify for the next year because they doubled the amount of candidates. So, yeah, I know. I know the feeling. I wear it all the time. I heard the jacket. Still counts. I was hoping secretly that um, they would uh, get invited to the, I believe it's called the GMAC Bowl now, whatever whatever it is in Detroit, not the Little Caesars Pizza, not the, no, it's the Quick Lane. GMAC is in Birmingham. Uh, the Quick Lane Bowl. And because, mostly because the last uh, time I think you kind of had a bowl game victory was in the, Motor City Bowl in 2007, I believe. I th- like over Toledo. Right now, there are 82 bowl berths available. There are 65 bowl eligible teams. And there are 21 teams that are one win away. Although I don't know how many of those are mutually exclusive. I don't know how many of those play each other. So it's it might not be actually 21. We'll see what happens. UConn, we'll do something fun for y'all no matter what because this is great you guys deserve whatever i'm glad you rushed the field awesome what game did rg3 comment on this week rg3 was a commentator on the michigan nebraska game and if okay. you are were not a fan of these teams or even if you are a fan of either of these teams this was not a very entertaining game to watch i'm self-professed michigan fan so i'm speaking for myself they Really just kind of went down the field seven yards at a time. Nebraska got the ball, did nothing, punted it. Michigan held the ball for six minutes, seven, eight yards at a time, and scored. It was boring. As a fan, I loved it because it was never in doubt. But the only thing keeping the game entertaining was Robert Griffin III's commentary. So uh, he's done a few Michigan games this year. I think he's done two of them earlier. And in one of the earlier ones, he was talking about Blake Corum and how he's got uh, powerful legs, powerful thighs, and referred to him as McThickums. <laughs> so, in the intro uh, graphic about the keys to the game, one of one of Rob Griffin III's keys to the game was uh, was the McThickums. And so he talked about it there. He bring it brought it up in the second half. I think he referred to one of the uh, one of Michigan's backups. I think maybe C.J. Stokes as uh, McThickums Jr. So that's the Good first God. Robert Griffinism. Uh, the second thing was uh, Michigan tight end caught a pass, uh, looked uh, live like he rolled over to the defender, didn't get tackled, and then kind of dove forward for another three or four yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, turned out on the replay, you can see clearly that uh, the posterior region of the receiver did touch the ground. And so Robert Griffin was uh, talking about how, oh, right there, his booty cheek touches the ground. <laughs> and then uh, he delivered the classic line, when the t- t- cheek touches the ground, that's how you know you're down. <laughs> Uh, put it on a pillow. (laughs) We need a, we need a Robert Griffin, the third Etsy shop. Just all of his things and and just 
in the font, in the real nice font. Yeah, in the real nice fancy font, yes. Another thing that happened was there was a fan dressed up as a minion and they were holding a banana and his his co-commentator was confused about why the fan was holding a banana and I don't think he saw the minion costume and Robert Griffin had to explain the entire minion concept to him. My kids watch it all the time. There's Uh, a lot of minions in this episode already. Yeah, God, this is a minion heavy episode. (laughs) He also... As pointed out by many people, stop just short of referring to that uh, crazy hit as the player getting hit in the gooch. This was the gooch game, right? Yes. Uh, the one where, yes, the it was the Nebraska player that tried to hurdle, right? He tried, so he tried to hurdle. So he tried to hurdle, and then, like, as he's hurdling, the Michigan player jumps up, and it's so like, like helmet. Like, like, a, like, Mario, like Mario punching, like jumping up into a block. I mean, like... And then, so he went up like higher, like, like he went like even higher with yep. the helmet push. And then like the other Michigan player, it looked like almost like a tag team body slam. Yeah, it to the did, ground. but it looked like he might've helped them down. It like definitely softened the blow oh. by being there. Yeah. <laughs> God. Cause he also landed I, on his back and folded over too. Oh yeah. Yes. No, it was like, like full, like, like forward scorpion. It was awful that nothing, nothing went right in that move, you know? I hope that poor Nebraska guy, because when you get hit there, sometimes things can happen. Mm. And if it lasted for more than four hours, I hope that I hope that he found some medical help because good God, I need to go back and I need to, I need to add the Mario, like jumping into the block sound effect for that one. <laughs> I'll do that. So anyways, on to the big, the big 10 West completely unraveled itself this weekend it was always on the precipice we felt like it was going to be there illinois seemed to have the control and then all of a sudden they didn't and now as we've been told many times today no one controls their own destiny no one controls their own destiny in the big 10 west which is which which is funny is like I, i saw the timeline i was like this is great we can't we can't ask for anything more and, and then people were getting all philosophical, like, well, you know, really nobody controls their own destiny. Yep. Uh, and I was like, oh, okay, are we going to, we're going to talk about predestinationism or something? It was, it's actually, oh man, I, I cannot believe this. Like Illinois seemed to have everything under wraps. Now there's one faction of the Big Ten West that is just like, hey, you know, this is normal. Like this, oh, like, yeah. if, as soon yeah. as like expectations raise on Illinois, they collapse, and and then somehow Iowa is going to wind up winning the Big Ten West with, like, 80 yards a game. What a, I mean, like, if you think about it, there's, you know, when you get up to the Big Ten West includes Minnesota, Wisconsin, uh, those two states very heavily, um, I think there's quite a few big Dutch population in some of these areas. And and what is what is one of Dutch's biggest exports but Calvinism? Uh. Yeah, no, this is this is super Calvinistic. We we're gonna need an ecumenical council to figure this out. <laughs> I, I'm sorry if I if I got the wrong. Close enough. Whatever. Close. Whatever. Close enough. Yes, I believe that is. I yeah, I don't the Dutch on this podcast, right? Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. The Dutch. Hey man. No, well, I'm. Hold up. No, we, we do have Dutch listeners. Hold up. Time oh, out. No. no. Time out. Uh oh. <laughs> I mean, we talk about Korfball, and we we had yeah. good ratings with true. with the Dutch in the Netherlands for a while. But we may have fallen out of the, their graces because we didn't mention enough about Korfball. Our Korf uh, content has. Don't worry, guys. Once the season's over, 
I'm going to pick up with the cork ball stuff again. Cork, cork, That's cork. right. Definitely. So please, please forgive us, Dutch. We love your, we love your, uh, you know, national team football uniforms. We love the orange. Vandy. This is the first time since October 19th, 2019 that Vandy has won an SEC game. This is not the game that I predicted they would win. No, you predicted last week. I mean, you were never wrong, just early. Just early. Right? That's right. You were just a week ahead of yourself. You were, The daylight savings time threw you off a week, and, and that's what happened, Jordan. You you had that's it right. almost. I fell, I fell back a week. That's right. It's also their first <laughs> SEC road win since October 27th, 2018. Vandy has had a rough go. You guys, you guys remember that like fun Vandy year, maybe five, six years ago? Was it Derek Mason? Yes. Was it before Derek Mason was there? No, it was, no, it was, it was James Franklin. Wasn't James Franklin good at Vandy for a bit? Yeah, he was. He was too. Yeah. And we look back at those good seasons and they were like seven and five, six, six and six. six. Like those were the real, yeah. those the really good seasons for Vandy. But we look back on very fondly. But congrats, Vandy. I I mean, that was very, we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit further. I mean, it was a really sicko day, which we had UConn beating the number 19 AP yes. poll ranked Liberty. Right. Uh, which by Liberty, you're you're out of the poll now. Bye. Uh, but, then, but they still got votes because they still got votes because the voters know UConn's a good loss. That's right. Quality, quality, quality loss. loss. Quality right. win for Michigan too. Yeah. Hey, it's bumping it up. We're gonna move you up in the CFP, right? Uh, and then Vandy beat Kentucky, which was the number twenty-four team in the college football playoff rankings. On, and this happened on the same day. So UConn and Vandy playing that thriller last year against each other in that crazy game in 2021. Look what happens this year, a year later. So let's head into our some of our recaps. Iowa beats Wisconsin with so little offense. It's humorous. Jordan, what was that? You said so little offense. Let me find the exact numbers here because... The important well, thing well, is. Well, I just mean the, the phrase "so little offense." What do you mean by that? Do you mean that they they if if there was a betting line on the game and it was asking for the over under, and somebody said hammer the over? Yeah, yeah, thirty thirty four. <laughs> and an over under. I recall uh, one of these podcast hosts last week was saying or, hammer. I the was over. I was okay. First off, I was drunk last week, and second off, I was wrong last week. Okay, I'm not saying one caused the other. I'm saying that they were related. It was set at like 35 and a half, 36. They I almost think you got said there. 35 and a half on the podcast and they scored 34. So I was, re- so I was real close, basically real close. And in gambling, being close is all that really matters. That's true. They'll, they'll <laughs> shake your hand and give you your, your original money back. Exactly. Just give me my money back. Good job. Hey, nice, nice job, buddy. That's how, that's how gambling works. They had 146 total yards of offense. <laughs> That would be 94 passing and 94 rushing, so perfectly balanced. Wait, wait. That doesn't add up, right? Oh, it doesn't. I wonder what... That wonder might what uh, not be taking the sack numbers out of the rushing. Oh, I bet you it does Sack against uh, rushing. Always messes me up, yeah. yeah. Man, it's amazing that Wisconsin was able to sack that mobile quarterback, Spencer Petros. So. I know. Petros. <laughs> Petros. 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 Whatever. <laughs> Petros. Uh, how many times was Spencer Petros sacked, by the way, guys? Let's oh, go with man, three. You're making me do math. Uh, oh, we're guessing. I'm gonna say two, six times. Wow, I was halfway there, as you said. I, I would have won in Vegas, right? Yeah, there we go. go. Okay, yeah. Good enough for Vegas. <laughs> Good enough for Vegas. That's what they always say: horseshoe hand grenades and betting in Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> Good so enough. The, someone pulled some lines like uh, the lowest average number of yards per play and still winning. 
Florida State in 2011 had 1.61 yards per play against Florida and won it. 20, 20, uh, 2007, Notre Dame had two like 2.12 yards versus UCLA and won it. This Iowa team, 2.15 yards per play versus Wisconsin and won it. God bless. This has to be limited to how many? What's the, what's the time span on that? Oh, it's got to um, be since like 2000, since that's usually when okay. yeah. a lot of these like, that was from, get held. That was from Bill C. And I mean, you said God bless. Return of the Iowa Pope was back. The Iowa Pope was back. Um, I believe he hit the gritty in the stands too. Also after blessing everybody. It, this was the classic Iowa game. Like they're, they're, yep. they're doing the, the defensive touchdown. They're scoring drives. I think their longest score drive was like 27 yards. Uh, it was just like, like the defense would create a turnover or special teams would get them a great field position and they would not have to go that far at all and they would get points. It was great. I mean, I loved, I loved every minute of this game. It's yeah, it was so much fun. It was great. It was beautiful. This Iowa team is, um, you know, on the inside track of being Sicko's team of the year. And they're also, I would say, I would argue on the inside track though, again, they need things to happen, but on the inside track for the uh, big 10 championship game. God, so stupid. This is so stupid. I love it. All the Iowa fans, they were they were up 14-3. And we followed a few Iowa fans throughout the year. No. Um, then Graham Mertz throws like a 50-yard touchdown pass, and it was 14-10. And then all of the Iowa fans just began apologizing. I was feeling a little bit too comfortable. I, I'm sorry that I was feeling comfortable <laughs> with, this, with the 14-3 lead. Mm-hmm. I caused this to happen, so all of the Iowa fans immediately apologized. <coughs> they all had That's the same such... thought. It was so ridiculous. I love you guys. I I, I love all of you guys. Guys, y'all are the best. <laughs> Purdue beat Illinois. This is this is the one that broke the West open. This is two Illinois losses in a row now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, College Game Day said Illinois was going to win it. Everybody said Illinois. They were wrong. Yeah. This that the, as soon as that happened. The Purdue Pete Powers activated, mm-hmm. and they just they took it they took it to Illinois. And I mean, Illinois tied it twenty one twenty one, but Purdue just they had the perfect game plan for Illinois. Like they, yeah. whatever Illinois' defense was like doing to stop the rest of the Big Ten West, like Purdue could counter it, which was crazy. And and they they came away with the the tiny Purdue cannon. Um, <laughs> it's so tight. And then so I, I think I. The the favorite the favorite one the reply I think was from Hammer Hammer and Rails. Uh, it was like say that to the cannon's face. <laughs> it's just so cute. It's and so then cute. everybody was just like that is perfectly normal sized cannon. <laughs> Commissioner, to pick up on something you mentioned there uh, on game day, you said that they all picked Illinois to win. One of the things that I've noticed this year is that I. You know, I don't watch a lot of game day, but I was watching t- uh, yesterday. They were very cognizant of the fact that one of them has to be the combo breaker. They, yeah, Kirk they is a goddamn coward. That's it. the problem. Kirk Herbstreit's a goddamn coward. That's why I've learned this season. I think Kirk is the designated, hey, we we can't have this memed on social media. Yeah, but, yeah. But I heard him one time say he had to break and the other time thanking Pat for breaking the cycle. <laughs> Seriously. So, I mean, it was just something that, you know, we notice it's almost like the jinx. And then as soon as that happens, you either get the old takes exposed or like the actual school, the actual school. My favorite part is when the actual school that wins the game, like basically at game day and was like, hey, 
thank you for the inspiration, you know, or, or something like just really taunts them. So, mm-hmm. hey, y'all need to stop doing that. Go with nothing but unanimous picks, unless it's really a coin flip game. You don't have to put the sound effect in, Jordan. Go nothing but good. unanimous picks and then get that good engagement online for all of us. Mm-hmm. Michigan State beat Rutgers. Only interesting thing about this is the pickles. Yeah, there was there was like I think it was like three I think it was three girls from what I could tell in the in the video. They're all wearing like pickle costumes. And, you know, in my head I'm trying to figure out the conversation where one of the girls is trying to convince another one of the girls to, to wear this pickle costume to the game. You know, one of the friends comes up and be like, hey, I got an idea. Let's go to the game dressed as pickles. And the other girl's like, why? You're crazy. And the other girl, come on, it'll be fun. We'll get on TV. Okay, we'll be on TV dressed as pickles. Uh, so, okay, I'm in. Just give me give me the pickle costume. Let's Fine, just give this. me the pickle. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do I'm it. Guessing, so- I'm guessing one of them was browsing Amazon late at night and saw this. They had a few too many drinks and they're like, I'm going to order one, and then may- either they clicked the button three times accidentally and just got shipped three of them, or was like, well, Julian and and, and, and Kendra are going to be in for this, so I better buy three of them. Mm-hmm. So, so you're saying, like, you know, maybe maybe I have three pickle costumes, but you can only go to the game if you wear the pickle costume? Yeah, I got three tickets and three pickle costumes. If you that's want right. Ticket. You gotta wear- that's right. You got to do it. Can so you imagine a little that bit as of- a Craigslist post? <laughs> A little, a little bit of pickle peel pressure. Yeah, they got rid of that part of Craigslist. They had, they had to shut that part of Craigslist down now. The the pickle peer pressure. Hey, peer you want to go? You have to dress as a pickle. Uh, Rutgers almost, like, I mean, Rutgers and Michigan State, it was an ugly game, which was great. Michigan State was in, in control of this the whole time, and then, like, Rutgers scored a touchdown with, like, 30 seconds left to make it 27-21. They didn't get the onside kick. So Michigan State hung, hung on. They're they're back to five and five. Uh, Rutgers is now four and six. They they're gonna need some help to get bowl bound. Who does uh, Rutgers have the last two games? So last game is Maryland, and Maryland proved this week that they are full on November Maryland mode. Mm-hmm. But then next week, Penn State goes to Piscataway. Oh yeah, oh. they're gonna lose that. I'm sorry, it's two thirty in Piscataway. Hey, it's three thirty in Piscataway. That's the thing. I'm gonna. I was I was thinking about oh, this God, rant God. the other day. I'm all right. I'm all right with you talking about your central games in local time, but boy, that uses Eastern games. Yeah, boy, these uh, 11 a.m. ACC. No, it's noon in all of the ACC. <laughs> Except for not, game. They're they're basically ACC as much as Pit Girl yells at me every time I say that they are. Uh, shout out to Navy with some pretty awesome end zones. They had the checkerboard end zones that looked really sharp. Yeah, they had the ones where I think they were playing in M&T Bank Stadium. Yeah. And like somebody tweeted us a thread of all the Navy end zones that they've had when they play in MT Bank Stadium, where the Ravens normally play, as Chris Berman called it, the big crab cake, so to speak. So they had like they, they broke down and analyzed every single end zone. And I, I really love like the, the Navy and yellow uh, checkerboard end zone. So you got to bring that back next year. Uh, Navy took Notre Dame to the limit. And, yeah. and really, like, stop them in the second half completely. Like, I think Notre Dame only had 12 yards in the second half. It was crazy. <laughs> and they, they hung on to win 35-32. But, I mean, Navy Navy put up a great fight. Navy was down 35-16, like, heading into the fourth quarter. And clawed back to 35-32. 
Notre Dame fans were happy to win and felt confident. Like it felt like a good win, but they were not pleased, let's say, with that last half. It looked like things were about to come apart, especially for a team that absolutely molly whipped Clemson the week before. Is Notre Dame good? They're getting better. They're on an upward trajectory. Yeah. They're not they're who they end, were at the beginning of the season, right? No, they're gonna they're gonna end the season way better than they than they started it, which if you really think about a lot of teams, that you can't say that about most teams. About a lot of teams, let's put it that way. And I think that they are they're getting better for sure. Like LSU is another team that I can say is definitely mm-hmm. finishing better than they started. I feel like that's a hallmark of good coaching. Like if you see your team slowly improve throughout the season, that's good mm-hmm. coaching. If they start to fall apart at the end of the season, maybe it's injuries, maybe it's coaching. Maybe it's schedule. Maybe maybe you're maybe you're Syracuse and you started running yeah. into the tougher teams. Let's talk about the LSU game. It was cold. It wasn't like actually cold. It was Arkansas cold, and there was some frost on the field. And before the broadcast, everyone the, the announcers like, "Oh yeah, they ran the sprinklers to try to melt the to melt the ice and frost on the field." And I posted that as like the hell, like I like what is this. And the thread that that created was amazing because it was very similar to threads where people are trying to explain like some very basic fundamental cooking technique. Like, oh, how do you make an omelet? Well, you use cold butter in a pan. No, you use a hot pan. No, don't you know how to use a hot? It was one of those things. And everyone had their own fucking opinion. In my mind, spraying water on the on a frozen field is bad. But I also understand that that water is probably warmer than the ice. And it wasn't like freezing, freezing outside. So it wasn't going to freeze immediately. So maybe it helps melting. But the broadcast definitely said that like they got saved by the sun coming up over the horizon. I mean, I guess if, 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 if I know anything about uh, chemistry or physics, I don't see, I don't, but like if, (laughs) (laughs) if if it freezes because you're below the dew point and you know, you're, you're higher than the temperature of the ground, it's not going to freeze. I, see, I, I have no idea. It's like people that pour, uh, take the kettle and pour the water over their car when it frosts over and crack their windshield. Yeah, don't and crack their that. windshields at the same time. Yeah, yeah, don't do that. Don't do the hot water. Yeah. If you're going to do the water on your windshield, you're definitely going to use like normal temperature water. Do not. That's do why the they, they didn't want to crack the field. They didn't want to crack, crack the field. field. That's right. No, but it was like 37 at kickoff. Yeah. Um, so it did snow the night before. I, I know the principle of like breaking up the ice and, and everything like that. And then like, I saw you tweeted it and you're just like, oh my God, what did I unleash? And then everybody's like, oh, this, this admin is definitely from the South. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh God, Jordan has stepped in it again. I spent time in New England. I know that when it's cold out, you don't just put more water down. Now you're just creating more ice in your life. But the fact that it was like right borderline. It was like 37 okay. and the sun was coming up. If it was still yeah. below freezing, if it was still below freezing, you do not do that. I will say the hot liquid buffet that LSU had on the sideline was beautiful. The three the, the three traditional hot liquids, coffee, hot chocolate, and broth. The three genders of, of hot drinks. Okay. But what would you have chose in this situation? Are you going to go with the Gatorade or the Powerade? Or are you going to go with the coffee? The broth or the hot chocolate on the sideline. The Gatorade. To keep you warm. But I but I've told you before, I don't do hot drinks. Even even if it's that cold out, I don't do hot drinks. If I'm you in a football that. game and I had that choice, honestly, I'm gonna sound like a real sicko here, but I feel like I'm going with the broth. 
Coffee in the middle no. of a game seems weird. Hot chocolate. All these in the mi- all these in the middle of the game seem weird. But broth at least it's gonna have some calories. You're gonna replenish. You're gonna you know yeah. maybe feel a little little warm from the inside. Yeah. <sighs> okay, but then why aren't teams why aren't teams drinking broth on the sideline of like you know a Florida game in September? If it's going to give you calories and help rejuvenate you. Because it's hot. It's because that's when you have the cold version of it, which is Gatorade. <laughs> oh, so cold broth. The cold broth. Cold broth. Cold broth. Oh, the coach, the coach, the coach gets the bath of broth. <laughs> Get some ice broth. I would like an ice broth. Think the flavors are just blue and white. They didn't want to actually tell you what's in this. <laughs> it's white broth and blue broth. Mm. <laughs> Hey, it's fruit punch broth. Ooh! <laughs> now I'm gonna mix. I'm gonna mix some of the Kool Aid powder with some broth. And see what happens. <laughs> Salty sweet. <laughs> oh, God. I'm surprised that they didn't have like like a gumbo. Or I bet I bet the coffee didn't even have chicory in it because that's mm. what Brian Kelly thinks of. So in this oh. year, 2022, this year of college football, the the one thing outside of football you can define this college football season with is pausing for effect. Jordan, what what am I going for here? I don't know. Puking. Oh yes. Oh. <laughs> if you have gumbo, <laughs> oh, that's true. Drink pot, you're gonna have a lot more puking on the field. It did have the vibes of. Of like a very cut rate conference, <laughs> <laughs> like at at a, at a really bad Hilton. Oh, hey, we're gonna like, we're all gonna have our morning session. We got some drinks for you, coffee, but no milk or sugar, hot chocolate or broth. It, honestly, it looked it like the the dispensers look like what I saw in the in the hotel that i stayed in in, in las cruces mm-hmm. like i think it was like a holiday inn express like that's what they they look like they took the dispensers from the holiday inn express in fayetteville and put it on the sideline and filled it up with coffee broth and hot chocolate it's more of a it's more of a conference where where you have some some folks from international countries coming in to to sell them some product and the intern was supposed to research what they eat in that country and they're like i don't know put out some broth, broth? Why do they just put the broth on the field? Side tangent, because you brought up hotels and now I have a question. Uh Uh, Chicken Sedan, in the other states that you've been to, do places have waffle makers that make waffles in the shape of the state you're in? In the shape of the state? I mean, I've seen them, but I've never seen it at a hotel breakfast. Because, like, we have Texas waffles. Like, that's a thing. Every time. Every time. Every time you're in a hotel in Texas, you're going to get a, a waffle maker with the shape of Texas. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. I had, I, I uh, we got a waffle for my kiddo the other day, and I took, like, a, a picture and sent it to my sister who lives in Virginia. Mm-hmm. And she was like, she just laughed, like, Texas-shaped waffle. I was like, this is normal here. There's always Texas shaped waffles. I mean, I mean, everywhere. I guess every waffle is a is a is a Wyoming or Colorado shaped waffle. Or, I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, the, the most if you're talking about a round waffle, the most waffle shaped state at this point ends up being probably Ohio. Uh, yeah, but but the, I don't know that they make Ohio waffle makers. Maybe I know. I'm pretty sure they don't make Maryland waffle makers. <laughs> That we have that one little bit, that little skinny section. It's not. It's not structurally made for waffles, is what I'm saying. What would be the worst shaped state for a waffle maker? I think it's Maryland or Hawaii. 
<laughs> little dribbles, the little dribbles of 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 waffle. Hawaii's 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 a pancake state. Okay, I can make Hawaii yes, pancakes. Yes. Okay. That I can do. I feel like Florida pancakes because it's like one of those all edge brownies. I don't know if I want that. The the Florida waffle, just all crispy on the outside. Yeah, th- maybe the Delaware waffle, just because like it's tiny. Just a little little strip of Delaware, just <laughs> ridiculous. Well, Virginia, I mean, you, if you're going to include the part of the Delmarva Peninsula, it's not even connected to the rest of the waffle. <laughs> well, but, but what about Michigan? What about Michigan waffles? Honestly, I bet those do exist because you got enough in the UP to make a waffle. You got a thumb. You got a lot of people here that love the shape of the state. I mean, and you, you have a little. Oh, do a hand and, got, and show you where I'm and you from. Got a, you got a, and you got the, you got a little bit of waffle that you build the bridge, the yeah, strong the steel, the strong it's steel bridge that connects the two beautiful peninsulas, whatever the, whatever the fucking thing says. Have you ever, uh, have either of you ever driven over that bridge before? No, nope. I haven't. It's quite long. Oh, I know. I mean, I've, been over to... Poncha, I've been over Poncha Train, man. So that's yeah. yeah. Like, I used to do like Poncha Train like twice in. Poncha train's still pretty low, though, right? They don't. That's that's like just over the surface, right? Yeah, it's 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 low to the water. It's just that when you get the middle, it, it feels like you are at the fucking ends of the earth. Like the, you feel 20, like it's twenty four miles long, man. Oh my god! Yeah, I don't and know then, what's like, longer. The Atchafalaya, the Atchafalaya yeah. swamp too is like eighteen in between yeah, Lafayette and Baton Rouge. That, yeah, that one freaks me out too. Yeah, I love that one. That's my favorite. Uh, man, the I ten stretch along there. Just always makes me feel like, well, this is how I die. Okay. Is that the, yes. the elevated part of the highway there? Yeah. 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 And you know, there's a call box. I guess if I don't get to the next one, guess I know where I'm going back to. Speaking of being eaten by things, Auburn beat Texas A&M. <laughs> Texas A&M, <laughs> you're not bowl eligible this year. <laughs> and as I posted last night, and I got unfortunately I got something wrong. I had to repost it this morning. Texas A&M, you are actually the worst school in the A&M system this year with a football record. Oh, yes. It was bad. Prairie View A&M is four and, six and four. That's when I messed up. Prairie View A&M is actually doing really well this year. And actually, they were the only t- team in the A&M system that won yesterday. The A&M yeah. system had a very bad day in terms nice. of football. Prairie, Prairie View was the only one to get a win. Shout out to my friend Andrew. Prairie View alum. Hell yeah, Panthers. That's right. Let's let's go. I'm gonna go through all this here. Yeah. I, I just want to get, get get it out of your system. All right, Sicko's game of the week. This is what it's it was. So good. Auburn Auburn beat Texas A and M 13-10. It really wasn't that close, honestly. Nope. Um, which is which is which is which is saying something. Yes. So at at one point in the game, Auburn had three turnovers and Texas A and M had three points. Um, <laughs> which it it nearly finished that way uh, for for a little bit. So. Uh, basically there was a, uh, I forgot the reporter's name here. He said, Texas A&M is the first team in the SEC to reach seven losses and miss out on a bowl game. Now keep in mind, this only happened because Vandy upset Kentucky earlier in the day. <laughs> so think about that. A&M. All right. Then the savage oh, quote of the day goes to Auburn linebacker, Cam Riley. He said this, I was waiting for them to get a first down because I wanted to stay on the field. I got bored on the sideline because it was just three and outs every time. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, no. Right. Oh, my so God. So here we go. Let's go. So here's Texas A&M second half. First drive. Three and out. They gained zero yards. <laughs> three plays, zero yards. Second drive. Three plays, zero yards. Third drive. 
three plays, zero yards. Oh, God. Fourth drive, three plays, minus two yards. <laughs> fifth, fifth drive, three plays, negative 14 yards. <laughs> Sixth drive, four plays, eight yards. They got a field goal only due to an Auburn fumble. So I'll just say that, only due to an Auburn fumble. And the seventh drive, four plays, 12 yards. Uh, there was one of those, like, beautiful sack fumbles. It was great. By, it was, by, it was I mean, so good. Like, he got an amazing jump off the ball. And those are one of my favorite plays where the quarterback doesn't see the guy coming. And you can mm. see the defensive lineman just, just cock back with all of their mm-hmm. arm strength and just boom and cause the fumble. So that they got a first down there, but uh, yeah, they, they fumbled it. Uh, the last drive of the game, they went seven plays, 80 yards, and got a touchdown to make it 13-10. Their onside kick failed. Um, maybe build your offense over that last drive. Uh, I'm sorry. I mean, and um, maybe, um, yeah. you know, like maybe do the, you know, build the whole thing out of the hurry up. Aggies, I don't, I don't know, but you yeah, know, that was AM's second half. So, how many yards do you guys think that AM ended up with this game? Let's see, I'm counting. I mean, about they, maybe in this. <laughs> I I think maybe they finished with like 180. I think maybe maybe less than that. I'm I'm gonna go slightly over. I'm gonna go uh, less than 200. 198. Oof. 198. Auburn. 354. I mean, right. Auburn, honestly, Auburn should have probably put this game away, but a Auburn long time, kept, a long time ago. Auburn kept Auburning and like they would fumble. Like I'll just, there was one that they should have fumbled, but then they had that weird, like the Auburn guy had his foot out of bounds when he touched the ball after he fumbled it. Oh my God. Um, and then A&M recovered it. So that thing that happened in the LSU Bama game happened in this one, which is, a weird ruling. I mean, if you can't get the ball, just touch it and step out of bounds. I, yeah. I guess I mean, they, they may start coaching to that, I guess. Just watching Jimbo in this game, I mean, he's like carrying like like books. Like he, normally you'd have like the the play sheet, but he has like a three-ring binder almost. He has like spiral notebooks when he's like pointing to people to line up in certain positions and He's got the the air of like a frustrated teacher at this point. Yeah, that like that's a great way to describe it. And he's just no. I said do this, do that, and it's just he's just so mad. I'll just and he's like, I'm not changing the gameplay. I, I am not changing the syllabus. It was on the syllabus. I am not changing this. This is what I said was gonna be. We are not making any changes throughout the year. We are doing this, and that's it. They're they're gonna have to fire a lot of people this the- year. The thing, the general, I watched, I don't know, maybe like a quarter of this game just to see, you know, it's Sicko's game of the week and I have to do at least some of my due diligence. Of course. Uh, but really the biggest impression I got is that, number one, A&M, just, just bad vibes all around. Like you can just feel it every time they called an offensive play. It just seemed like nobody was on the same page. They're not, they're not having fun. Nobody's, nobody's enjoying it there. Number two. The coaching and support staff for AM, the the hoodies they were wearing were just god awful. They looked like <laughs> they looked like something you get off of the, like the local army surplus store, and just like not just gr- two different shades of gray. I don't know. Did you see? Bad. Did you see everyone trying to figure out like what Mike Leach does with his hoodie? He wears that like black state hoodie. It just says state and 
not SF collegiate bot, but like a knockoff. And people going crazy, like, where's this thing? It's not like in the right colors. It's not part of the right brand. Like, like none of the branding guidelines call for this. Who's letting him wear this? He's future proofing. Yeah. <laughs> he knows if he gets fired, he's got a Any lot state. of colleges he can go to. Arkansas State, baby, you're set. Fansville State. Fansville. It, looks, say, it looks what it looks like. I will say this about Auburn. Like, the crowd was electric. The The atmosphere was fantastic. The crowd was behind him. Um, Cadillac Williams Pat- after the game oh, yeah. was like, that was that was the best Auburn talk I've heard in forever. Like, I, I, like, I don't want to talk about whether he gets the job, this is a trout, whatever. Just, man, that feels so different than two months ago, than two years ago. Coach, Kamish, whatever your name is. Coach? <laughs> coach. Coach. Coach Kamish. Kamish, coach. Coach. Tell me, coach about, tell me about ULM this week. Oh, my God. Dude, again, ULM in the most dramatic for nothing game ever. Like, why? They keep doing this to themselves. So there's a stat that ULM is like negative 84 in first quarters in scoring <laughs> differential. So like they're, they, but, but in the second quarter, they're plus 14. In the third quarter, they're negative 54. In, in the fourth quarter, they're plus eight. So this is the ULM Warhawk roller coaster of, of football. Uh, so off. Oh my and god. And they only I, go one direction, like only go east. It's, Hold up. I I yeah, I, I need, I I need to I need I need to I need to run some numbers on this because I swear that this I, I gotta run some numbers on this. It's this is great. This is nuts. Like I, I saw this this week, so this I, I was expecting fully expecting ULM to go down immediately. And they did. They went down 14-3. Uh, like, I mean, like, bam, bam, touchdown, touchdown. But, oh, can they make adjustments? It's weird. Like, their game plan, whatever they're doing, is completely wrong in the first quarter all the time. It's ridiculous. Outscored like crazy. So, 14-3, they make it 14-10. Georgia State, again, 21-10. Um, you know. ULM's fighting. They they get it to, you know, like 21-13. Then they get it to 21-20 at halftime. I'm like, okay, don't do this stupid third quarter thing that you always do. Yep. Don't. Don't. <laughs> first drive. For, I'm sorry. Second drive for Georgia State. They actually did it. They stopped them on the first drive. Second drive. Georgia State's up 28-20. I'm like, okay, this is not good. ULM fights and... They get to 28-23, and I'm like, okay, okay, here we go. We're in the fourth quarter. ULM's driving. I I look in the corner, and, I, and I'm watching on the quad walks, of course. And then I see ULM, like, it's like third and six. The guy's open, but the pass is just a little bit out of his reach. And yeah. so, like, he tips it up, and Georgia State intercepts it. I'm like, oh, no, that was it. It's over. No. And it's like, you know, something left. So I go to the other room real quick. And then I come back, like, less than three plays later, ULM gets a pick six, and they're up 31, 28. I'm like, all right, let's go. Let's go. So, like, ULM has a block punt return for a touchdown, and then ULM has a pick six to get the lead. They survive at the end. Like, Georgia Georgia State's trying to drive at the end. It's like, it's like fourth and 16, Georgia State converts. I'm like, oh, my God. It's fourth and 14. They convert again. I'm like, no, stop them. And then it's like fourth and like 15, Georgia State throws a pass and it looks like he catches it right at the line, but he doesn't have possession of it. So he's short by like two yards 
when they do it on review and then you yeah. was able to kneel it out with five seconds left. So now they're four and six. They got their first road win since October 10th, 2019. Jesus. <laughs> it's, just, it's been three years, man. Uh, so they have, they got the first, they're four and six. They have to go on the road this, this week at Troy, who is the Sunbelt West leader, but they are still mathematically alive for the Sunbelt West. And still mathematically alive for a bowl game. So keep it up, Monroe, baby. Shout out Boogie Knight. We got to see more Terry Bowden dancing after the game, too. It was great. Shout out Boogie Knight. He hit 3,000 all-purpose yards this game. I have some breaking news coming in, actually, right hot off the presses. We found out, uh, uh, actually, about 45 minutes ago, uh, the Fighting Texas Aggie meat judging team just won the national championship intercollegiate meat judging. What? All right. What? Oh, Texas Tech, Texas and Tech shambles. and K State. Texas Tech and K State are are the two teams, and then I guess A and M finally got one. I- so let's jump over to the ACC on ACC regional. Not- Miami crushed Georgia Tech. So I have been zero and four apparently on my Georgia Tech predictions. So Georgia Tech fans are asking me to predict against them the next two weeks. <laughs> I cannot get them correct. I had this game, of course, in the in the quad box. Um, I mean, this was our number two sickos game of the week, so I had to watch this entire thing, of course, which I was going to do it anyway. The the Leighton Hurricanes fan in me. So uh, one thing that really bugged me about this game is that when they, you know, show the interim coach, uh, Brent Key for Georgia Tech, his headset usage, it it bothers the crap out of me. It's just like, like, (laughs) like, I am like, make a choice, Brent Key, for the love of God. Like, he just keeps putting the mic up and down, up and down, up and down. Like, he'll say one word and then put it right back up. And then somebody replies back to him. Then he puts it back down, replies back. Then he puts it right back up. And I'm like, dude, just have a conversation. Like, they kept, like, you know, showing him on the sideline. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it was just driving me nuts. I'm like, dude, for the love of God, put, either keep your mic down. Or when the conversation is done and you don't expect a reply, you can put it back up. But it was just like, he would say like two words, put it up, it gets a reply, puts it back down, response, back up, up, down, up, down. I'm like, oh my God, Brent Key. Just <laughs> love of God. I will say Miami's freshman quarterback, very good, but very, very raw. Like, I mean, he's he's a talent. Uh, there's some sort of talent there. Van Dyke was out with the shoulder injury. Uh, he's got he's got some legs, very raw, but just I mean, he has physical abilities for sure. Really, a lot of running in this game, and Miami like kind of just took it and and took it to Georgia Tech in the second half. Miami game, so Miami's five and five. They got two shots for bowl eligibility. They have to either beat Clemson or Pitt. So one uh, of those two. And the Canes are going bowling. You know, I don't, five and I seven. Don't, I don't think. I don't think they're going bowling. I don't know. Pitt this year has been all over the place. So another ACC game that I totally screwed up. I was like Florida State going into Syracuse on a Saturday night. It's a weird. You know, oh, the Carry Dome at night. No, thirty-eight three Knowles. I have. I may have seriously underestimated or overestimated how scary the dome is. Only on Friday nights. So that's the, right. The, yeah. The dome on Friday nights and Thursday nights, very scary because it's the only game on. But this one definitely got lost. Florida State is good. I, I don't even think they were, they sweated this game at all. Like nothing. And then, I mean, Syracuse banged up again at quarterback. 
not the same as Syracuse good team from the beginning of the year. No, um, it's. I mean, six and four now, right? Yeah. Did Trey play it would be, in this game? He did, but I don't think he like did much passing wise, uh, mm. honestly, at all. Yeah, Schroeder played. He was five for fifteen for thirty six yards, like nothing. Anything on the ground? He ran for six carries, twelve yards. Yeah. Like Syracuse only had one hundred and ten yards in this game. I mean, Florida State had over four hundred. I mean, Florida State is is again one of the teams that are improving you know, throughout the the year. So I mean, they look they look much much better. Syracuse again. 6-0, got the bowl. Continuing on in the ACC, we have Duke beating Virginia Tech and just absolutely molly whooping them too. Uh, what did Duke do to Virginia Tech after the game? Yeah, it was great. So basically they're, the meme on Twitter is that, you know, like you have to pay for Twitter blue because you weren't like verified <laughs> oh, originally. Yeah. And so Duke basically said that the Hokey football team their account had to pay for Twitter blue because they weren't official before. <laughs> the only way they got verified. The only paid. way they got verified is they God. had to pay for it. So mean. And so then they were like, mean. yep, checks out. And I was, I, I think I replied to it. I was like, don't you dare delete this. They definitely had a feel of social media team overstepped. Someone's going to have to apologize. No, leave it up. <laughs> leave it up. Don't yes. delete it. <laughs> we'll talk about another, my, one of my favorite other social media things later on. And it had to do with some uh, horns down. That was yes. great. How did Boston College beat North Carolina State? This this game was absolutely phenomenal. I was kind of hesitant on ranking this one high, but I got I I you know I, I listened to the cases and I'm like, all right, fine, I will get it in the top ten. We'll put it in the top ten. I think I put this one at seven or eight for sickos like sickos warning, and I'm like, I, I don't know, man. You know, NC State, you know. Beat this Wake should be last a, week. Yeah, this, this should be a totally totally fine. It's in you know, it's in Raleigh, it's in Carter Finley. It I mean they're they're fine. Should be okay. Should be great. So I mean NC State's handling business. Like Boston College can't do anything. Uh right. can't do anything. Um NC State took the lead twenty to seven with eleven minutes and thirteen seconds left in the third quarter by kicking a field goal. They they pretty much have this game in hand at this point because BC hasn't been able to do anything at all. Yeah, this this is NC State's next seven possessions uh, to end the game here. Uh, so they they fumbled on their next possession, then they punted, then they fumbled, then they punted, then they threw an interception, then they punted, and then they fumbled. <laughs> now BC still had to score a touchdown with fourteen seconds left to beat them twenty one twenty, but NC State really didn't help themselves much. Nope. It was just, I don't know what happened. Like, the win probability chart is is absolutely hilarious. NC State was just cruising along in the 90s the whole way. And then, like, at the end, it was just, like, win probability BC 100%. At the, like, there's no, like, up and down for BC. It was just at the end, BC wins. <laughs> it's just, like, it's directly off a cliff. My God. It's not it's not eight turnovers, but North Carolina State did have five, which I feel like makes them the team of the week. For they got the eight, they got the turnover bug for the ACC. Let's travel around a little more. UMass at Arkansas State. They came so close to to avenging ULM. They came so close. I mean, this was a this was a great game. It, like, it honestly was, was a really good game. It was a back and forth struggle. You know, UMass and, and Arkansas State Arkansas State were going back and forth. I mean, UMass is, was one and eight. Arkansas State was two and seven. I mean, really evenly matched teams. Uh, UMass again, really not much 
uh, depth whatsoever. Really couldn't do much. But they got it to 21-19, and I'm like, okay. You know, again, they maybe they got a shot here. Arkansas State then then busted the doors down, made it 30-35-19. And then you were like, okay, I guess maybe UMass will pack it in. No, they nope. didn't. They Fourth didn't quarter, they came in. back. They, they stormed back. They got it to 35-33 with like 14 seconds left, and they have to get a two-point conversion to tie. They call the play. It's perfect. It's it's going to go in. And then the UMass player is met right at the goal line. And all he has to do is turn around and get the ball across. Like, just get the ball across, and it's a tie game. And then, like, the Arkansas State, another player grabbed him, and they just would not let him get his arms extended to put it there. I mean, he was stopped at, like, the one-inch line. It was so close. I mean, UMass almost pulled it off. Um the the best thing was the 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 relieved look on his face. Butch Jones, head coach of Arkansas State. Oh yeah, he looks so exasperated after this game. Like he looked like why? Oh my god! Like he just saw a ghost or something. He was just like the ghost of Don Brown. Uh, but eating <laughs> the oyster crack. So now we're gonna head to the Big Twelve. Iowa State, Oklahoma State. We asked who was going to going to fuck this up the most, and man, they both tried. Oh god! But, uh, but Iowa State was the champion of absolutely shooting themselves in the foot. Good God, guys. They had five turnovers. They they are truly the Nebraska of 2022. So Nebraska of last year has been passed on to Iowa State. I, I don't know if they came into contact at some point. But, I mean, Iowa State just completely, they just really hurt themselves so much. It's unbelievable. It's so many self-inflicted wounds. They are the Sideshow Bob stepping on rakes. Like, they had everything. They could do this. Like, how do we stop this for Iowa State to, like, like stop I, doing this? I, I just want it to stop for them because, dear God, it wasn't like Iowa State was out of this game. No. They they were they were ahead at one point. They were... They were, they were leading for, like, a yeah. long time. And then Oklahoma State took the lead with, like, five minutes left in the game. And Iowa State had chances to, like, you know, win the game. They drove at the end and they could have still won the game. It's just like, it's just so, uh, there's some sort of like weird aims, like curse or something on them right now this year. And I, I, I really feel bad for Iowa State. It's just, it's just like. This creates some problems here for our, for our big 12 scenario, because now Iowa State has to win out for every team in the big 12 to be both eligible. And one of those games is TCU. So we lose, if we get this scenario, we lose undefeated TCU, which I don't know. Now, West Virginia did help us in this scenario because they won. They beat Oklahoma. The first thing I want to talk about is that kicker getting obliterated. (laughs) It was a bad snap. The, The kicker goes to pick it up and he freezes. He just forgot how to play football for a moment. He's not used and, to it. And and the Oklahoma guy just comes around the end and murders him. It I was, like in this play, I think I, I tweeted from the account, I like in this play to you're at work, it's a Friday, and your boss is out of town, and all of a sudden you're the only one left and you're in charge. And then all of a sudden, 4 p.m., a crisis rolls in, and you have literally no idea what to do about it because you have nobody to call. You just have to just sit there and take it. It was on an extra point. 
but just that moment of it, it like I'm, I'm going through it frame by frame and I can see it right now. He leans down to pick up the ball off the bad snap. The holder goes for it too. They kind of bump heads and then he stands up and it's only for like a half second. He sort of looks at the ball <laughs> until the Oklahoma guy comes over the end and just levels him. Oklahoma fans are so sad right now. They are all just talking about this is the worst team I've ever seen in Oklahoma. West Virginia fans were sad because they were like, wow, this Oklahoma team is awful and we're still having trouble. Casey Legg, West Virginia's kicker, hits the field goal with 0-0 on the clock. And because of that, the all Big 12 Bowl eligible world is still available to us. Shout out Beth. She was at the game in the, the cold and rain. Yeah, she was. she was so excited excited and super confused about how bad Oklahoma was and how West Virginia was still not being playing very well. Guys, we got to talk about TCU, Texas. I'm glad this happened because I yeah. was mad that game game day didn't go to Tulane UCF. This is what they got for not going to new Orleans. So, they, so they, I, I'm kind of happy with this one. I was, I was a little bitter that they didn't go to new Orleans, but they got a defensive struggle, at least for the first half at the, at the second half, TCU finally opened up. But the first half, six minutes left in the first six minutes left in the first half. So first quarter, sorry. TCU had negative four yards. Texas had three yards. It was brutal. Eventually, Mac, Max Duggan woke up, hit a TD. They started running too. Things were better. Quinn Ewers had a really bad day. This game was just stuck in second gear. No one scored until 120 left in the second quarter. It was a field goal. It went to half 3-0. The only thing that I found interesting about this was that Sark showed up to the game in a jacket that was described as a a Burger King wrapper. Or Looks like a church bear at an Eastern Bloc country Olympic ceremony. Yeah, <laughs> that that too. I also see like every couch made in the 1970s. I kind of equivocate, uh, I'm sorry, equivocate this jacket Reminded me of like a blacked out version of the Hall of Flame jacket from King of the Hill. Yep. That's a good one. I like that. The Fatherton Fuels. Fatherton. <laughs> this looks like a jacket that you would get when you win. When you I don't eat know, the whole steak. Yeah. Or, or like this is the green, this is the green blazer equivalent for like. Oh, don't, don't just say it's the jacket. Look at the pants. Yeah, the pants have a the stripe on them, too. Yeah. Two stripes on the pants. Oh, my God. And then better, like, better the more you look like, at it. it. It's on the back, too. Like, and there's a contrast like, collar? Uh, yes, the contrast oh, collar. I, I see the collar. The collar's brown. God. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I... Uh, look, I don't know. I, I don't know, Sark. I, I don't know about this. This, I can't pull it off, but just to have the confidence to wear this, I, I got to give Sark like some credit. You know, I'm not not going to bag on it, but like, oh man, I, I can't pull it off. I, I wouldn't want to wear it. I'll just say that. No, thank you. But it, it, it seems like the one side that actually has color, it, it's like a bad comforter. I yeah, it's got that, like, that, that velour velvet satin texture. Oh. Yes, it's like a really bad comforter you would see in in, in Bed Bath and Beyond. 
Um, is it double breasted too? <laughs> I, I'll also say, thank God. Uh, no, no, yes, it is. We, no, it's, it's double only, breasted. It's, yeah, it's double breasted. God, oh my God, every detail on this is fucking Dude, awful. I don't think Steve Harvey would wear this. No, <laughs> I don't. I don't think Charles Barkley would wear this. I will say two things about more about things about this game. One, game day acknowledged the, the hypno toad, and that's amazing. They use the hypno toad graphic on game day. Love it. And two. TCU put out a their victory video was basically just a bunch of things of horns down. They had French horns down. They had all sorts of things that were horns down. It was I beautiful. Think, I think I lost it when I saw them having foghorn leghorn down. That one killed like, me. It was upside down. That was the one in the video. It was just like, I was like, I'm okay. Okay, that's a horn. I can get the horns down there, horns down there. And then all of a sudden they, they start going off the rails a little bit. And then I saw the foghorn leghorn. And it was upside down. And I just, I lost it at that point in the video. The French horn got me. The French horn absolutely got me. <laughs> of course, the band director loved the French horn. UCLA, what the fuck did you do? UCLA, we had this ready. Next week was going to be like, that. oh, you know, the Pac-12 comes down to the two LA schools. It's going to be great. And then you lost to Arizona. You closed the circle in the Pac-12. You let Arizona go up 14-0 at the end of the first. That's future Big Ten West program, UCLA. God damn it. Jed Fish's men. The the frisky felines of Jed Fish. God. By the way, the beveled cat that I made, I thought was very good. I did it this morning. It was good. I I enjoyed the beveled cat. The the beveled sickle sickle cat. Love it. Mm. Sickle wildcat. It was great. I mean, I I just got to give a shout out to like my favorite quarterback this year like i i love Jaden delora of oh, he's so much fun he's so much fun god is he so fun he is running for his life on every play does he need to run for his life on every play no nope. the one that put him up 14 nothing he ran for like 35 yards i swear he ran for like 35 yards in the back yeah. like it was like a 12 yard deep drop like there's no like three step drop. It, like he, he's supposed to stop after seven steps. No, he keeps nope. going. Keeps going. <laughs> he's still just line him up like a punter at that point. I love him so much. Oh my god, is he just running around? It is just. I mean, the funniest part for me is that when Arizona takes the lead at the end, like thirty one twenty eight, like. Mm-hmm. The, the funniest observation was that Jaden Delora actually didn't leave the pocket on that <laughs> So like he, he was just like, he was like, what am I supposed to do here? Like they, they corralled me in the pocket. <laughs> like I can't, I can't go to the left or right. Nobody puts so a baby can, in a corner. So you can see him in the, in the replay of it. If you get like the end zone version of it, yeah. you can see him just like freeze. He's like, what? and he's like, just going back and forth. A little bit, and then he's like, okay, fine, I'll just throw it. And he throws a touchdown back. So, of course, then, in the Pac-12, then Oregon must be in charge of this. But then Oregon, you let Michael Penix throw all over you. You made a former Indiana quarterback look like he was fucking Heisman material. This game in the third quarter got insane. They were trading 60-yard touchdown passes. Like All the defense just turned off for a bit. And every pass was going for 60 yards and a TD. It was wonderful. But the end of this game was what was crazy. From the account, I kept tweeting out, ducks? Ducks? And like, with more punctuation, because they would do something 
that felt like they were going to win it. And then they just would fall back. And then the game ended on my favorite fucking penalty, an illegal touch penalty. The Oregon receiver went out of bounds and came back in to catch it and got called an illegal touch. The Pac-12 refs uh, really, really, really shined in this game. I'll just say that. USC punter had a great backflip on an extra point, on a big extra point. It was so goofy. It was so ridiculous. Like, it was, like, USC's up. 30, whatever, yeah. USC's up, like, 34-10 on Colorado, which, I mean, Colorado, for the longest in this game, had it at 3-2, which is great. Like, they had a safety, and then they kicked the field goal to lead 3-2, which... I mean, it was it was the end of the first quarter, and they're up three two, and I'm like, oh god, USC, you're really not going to do this, are you? USC definitely woke up. The backup punter was the holder on an extra point, and he faked the extra point. I mean, already up by like 24 against Colorado, completely unnecessary. Scores it, gets the two point conversion, and then basically does a backflip, and the Pac-12 refs three unsportsmanlike penalty celebration play. <laughs> Like immediately, and it was just so ridiculous. I could not believe they did that. And we had a Colorado fan who was like, "Why would you do this on a one and eight team?" Like it was just so unnecessary. I mean, he's, I mean, he's got that's a, a runner. They can do a backflip in full pads. Of course, he's gonna do it. Can Can I mention my other favorite unsportsmanlike? It was it was UC Davis Idaho. Yes, UC guy. Davis. Ends up in the end zone for Idaho. You see Davis beat the crap out of Idaho. Yeah. And he does fine. a little Michael Jackson dance. And he does a little thrust. And the as little... soon as the ref sees the thrust, flag. He does the, <laughs> the, the kick and then the thrust. Oh <laughs> like the, he hit him with the hee hee. And then he got a 15-yard mm-hmm. penalty. Flag. <laughs> It was great. The ref, like the ref at the corner of the eyes, like staring at him and the little dance is fine. But once the hips go, boom, flag. Like, uh, he was just watching him the whole time. It, it was basically that key and peel sketch. It was. <laughs> He's like head by, head by, head by the crotch. Oh, I see. Yeah. My God. It literally was that. It was so great. Western Kentucky destroyed rice. You better put fucking big red on that helmet forever now. Yeah. They've looked, they looked so much better than they have. Forever against a good Rice team. I still, I'm still saying Rice is a good team this year. Yeah, I, I kind of wish they had done the visor thing, but I understand why they did. <laughs> yeah, the visor I might think, have been a bit much. I think it, you know, it, it would have turned into that Ricky Bobby thing, where the ad <laughs> again on the uh, windshield definitely would have did that if they had the big red eyes on the visor. If Western Kentucky won't start selling like big red sheets and pillows and yes, and shower curtains. We're just gonna have to start making knockoff merch because the De- demand is there, people. That's right. Decorate, decorate your house with big reds, big red eyes. Honey, come lay in bed. I've got a big red blanket and a big red pillow. He's oh, watching man, us. Be- I know that's the only way this works. <laughs> <laughs> I can only do this if he's watching. Oh, and then, and then, just cut back to actual big red just standing in the corner with his mouth just open. I got I mean, again, that was my favorite video when they actually had big red running passes. Oh, it was great. I was, was really so hoping awesome. he'd catch it in his mouth. I know everybody wanted him to catch it in his mouth, and I was like, I don't know if he was trying to or not. But like, the best part is when Big Red made his cut; like, the bottom of his mouth went the other <laughs> way. <laughs> I watched the hips. Watch the hips. Somebody in the replies was like, "You got to watch the top of the mouth." 
because <laughs> the top of the mouth is going the direction he's going. <laughs> I had to reply back. I was like, "That's that's good coaching right there." Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my god, this guy tell. Other games: the Shula Bowl, FAU, FIU. FAU blew out FIU 52 to 7. Only thing was that was interesting was that we're back at FIU, which means we're on white balance watch. The, one of the cameras could not focus this time. And it was the camera that was shooting the like shooting close-ups on one side. It actually it was, rained. So I, I again, like every time the game is played there, I can't tell if the field is dry or wet. Yeah. I can't. <laughs> and I don't know. It, it's got to be the cameras. So again, I jokingly call it the swamp turf because I can't tell if it's wet or dry. I, I have to I have to physically pull up the weather app to see if it's rained that day <laughs> or not. <laughs> to I'm verify, say, I'm like, is this rain or not? I don't know. I'm going to say a sad statement. I've watched enough FIU football this year that I can tell the difference. The fuck I is still- wrong with me? <laughs> No, I've watched a bunch and I still can't tell. And for some reason, the lights at that stadium also don't like, they also bounce very weirdly. Yeah. I don't know what it is. God, that, that seems a mess. They, they, it reminds me of like a car that's behind you, like an older model car. And like one of the lights is like angled up slightly. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then the other one's like, correct, I guess. And then it's hitting the side mirror and you're like, damn it. Get, out of my Get away from me. Uh, in the big rivalry game of the week, Colorado State and Wyoming, the border war, battle for the boot, bronze boot. Wyoming wins 14-13 in what was actually a super close game the whole time. Like they were having to fight it out for every single yard in this one. I mean, Colorado State was up early, like 10 nothing, And I'm like, oh, what's going on here? The Wyoming fans in the mentions, they were very frustrated with this game. They were very frustrated. I mean, I don't know if Colorado State's improving or not, but they're playing more and more closer games uh, throughout the year. So maybe there's something a little bit better. They still haven't got the offensive juice that we were hoping for, the, like the the spread offense that we thought that they would be like running yeah. no problem. Wyoming got the bronze boot. They it was fun. Like they got the little bronze boot trophy, and like it was like five Wyoming players were just trying to rip it from each other to carry it above their heads. <laughs> it was so great. It was awesome. How does uh, this compare why, to the other boot trophies? So this so is many. a very this is a very light boot. It's like yeah, it's like an actual physical like sized boot. Can like, you do a maybe, shoey out of it? Probably. Yeah. Oh yeah, you totally could. Open, yeah, definitely. Right. It's open. It was apparently some 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 guy's combat boot, old boot. They, they bronzed. The I want to mention that the coach for Wyoming had on like a white like starter jacket, I guess. And it had Wyoming script across, and it was just amazing. That jacket was just so beautiful. I, I want that jacket. Like, just give me that jacket. It, it, it is just absolutely amazing. Okay, guys, I need to share a story with you about the Lone Star Conference. The Lone Star Conference is a D2 conference based mostly in Texas with a couple teams in New Mexico, things like that. But for this past year, a one of the Northwest D2 conferences evaporated and so they had to find a place to put three teams so the three teams were central washington university western oregon university and simon fraser university that's and you may Seattle, be going, right no simon <laughs> fraser is in british columbia now one, one of the fraser brothers no it's in british columbia <laughs> that's in canada and they don't play canadian football there they they actually play american football and so they're not a great team. In fact, they have had bad years for a while. But this weekend, 
West Texas A&M from Canyon, Texas, took the several thousand mile trip up there and got launched into the sun, like 4814 or something like that. And that's crazy. Originally, Simon Fraser was going to play all their games on the U.S. side because of COVID vaccine issues and the fact that apparently a lot of the D2 staffs that they were going to go there were not fully vaccinated and couldn't cross the border. Something changed. And Simon Fraser got their one win of the season against West Texas A&M, the, buff- the Buffalo. That's bonkers. The other crazy ending to a game in D3, Mount Union is one of the big D3 powerhouses. Mm-hmm. They've won several national championships. They're always in the, in the, in the thing. They were playing this week and were about to lose. And they threw a Hail Mary that ended up about 10 yards short. But the defender on the other team did the stupidest thing you can do, and he popped it up. (laughs) It hangs in the air for about what feels like 20 seconds, but was actually about three seconds. And one of the Mount Union guys grabs it and runs it in. Mount Union wins. God. My man wanted that glory of the interception is what it was. <laughs> was. Oh, my God. Just knock it down. You don't pop that thing up. Kamish, who you got for Clock Commander this week? I have three nominees for Clock Commander this week. There was a lot of Clock Commandering. Um, so, number one, uh, we have Jimbo Fisher. So, this is, this this is one so, that... This is so fucking stupid. God. All right. Second quarter. Uh, it is... Four minutes and 26 seconds left in the second quarter. Basically, it's third and three at the Auburn 44. Uh, Texas A&M is trying to convert a third down. Auburn goes offsides. So it's a first down A&M. First down. First and 10, you're at Auburn's 39. Timeout. Why? Why? I don't know. know. Timeout. So they, they call a pass, incomplete pass. Second down. Timeout. They call a pass incomplete. <laughs> Third oh down. God. They call another pass incomplete. Then Anna punts for 27 yards. Uh, Auburn takes over at their 12 yard line. So <laughs> what I the... don't, I don't know. I don't know what happened here. Does the know. chart say call a timeout? Is that what the chart? Is there a chart that I don't know? His, his giant binder. I don't know if Jimbo got like like surprised. Like oh my god, we got a first down. I need to call a timeout. Like Auburn gave them a first down and he, he panicked timeout incomplete pass. Okay. Well, we don't want to run that incomplete pass again. Let's call it another timeout. And it was just like with the four minutes to go, there's a lot of time left. Like I don't, and you're already inside Auburn's territory. I don't know what's going on. I really don't know. That is Jimbo's nomination for clock commander of the week. The next one, I believe this is what happened. There was a nominee for Eli Drinkwitz. Pat Forty, uh, one of the reporters, he stated that not $6 million clock management from Eli Drinkwitz, not even $6. So <laughs> I tried to go through, I tried to go through exactly what occurred. And this is what I believe occurred in this situation because I didn't have my eyes fully on this game. Tennessee's driving in this situation. It's, it's 46 seconds left in the second uh, quarter. Tennessee's at Missouri's 37. So Hendon Hooker, incomplete pass on... Second down, third down, incomplete pass. Um, so the clock is stopped with 42 seconds. Missouri calls a timeout. Why? I mean, like, didn't like know, the again, look. I, I don't know. It was 
Like, Tennessee's going for it on Missouri's 37-yard line. Maybe he wasn't ready defensively. Fine. Um, Hendon Hooker is sacked for a loss of four yards. Missouri gets the ball. They are now on their 41-yard line. So now they only have one timeout left because of that timeout before the fourth down, which, I mean, again, do you think Tennessee's going to kick a field goal? You know, from the 30, it'd be like a 56 yarder. Yeah, right. Are they going to go for it? You know, again, you would think you would be ready for that coaching wise. Didn't appear to be ready. So first and 10 Missouri passing complete, nothing. Then the, the quarterback runs for 40 yards and gets a first down timeout Missouri. So that's their last timeout. So 19 seconds left. Like, you know, he got a 40 yard run. Maybe you spike it. I don't know. Or like, like. The clock stops when they move the chains. You have yes. time. You yeah. can spike it. You can save that and keep it in your back pocket. You can do that. No, he did not. He called timeout. Then what happened is that the quarterback for Missouri runs for four yards, and now the clock is running. You don't have your timeout anymore. <laughs> so you can't take any shots at the end zone. God. They have to hurry up and spike it. They spike it. Then they kick a field goal to end the half. In the end, it didn't matter, really, because Missouri lost 66 to 24. But at one point in time, this game was was 28-24 in the third quarter. Maybe this would have been a little bit better momentum shifting. I don't think they would have stopped it whatsoever. But, uh, I mean, yeah, that's Eli Drinkwitz's nomination for Clock Commander of the Week. Oh, yeah. um, so Kevin Humphrey at the Kevo 23. Uh, he nominated Greg Schiano for Clock Commander. Again, I, I dig through, like, the play sheets and everything like this. And so this was, again, at the end of the first half. So Rutgers has the ball, a minute 49 left at the end of the first half. They run for two yards. They're at the Rutgers 14. Michigan State takes a timeout. They're like, okay, Michigan State's like, okay, you're not going to just run out the clock on this half. You're right, going to have to right, do right. something, right? So second and eight, Rutgers, they get a pass, loss of three yards. Like, okay, so the clock is running in this situation. And then... On third and 11, Rutgers runs for 25 yards and gets the first down. So I'm like, okay, Rutgers in in business now. So they're, uh, they're at the Rutgers, I'm sorry, runs for 14 yards to get a first down. Rutgers is at the 25-yard the line, like a minute 43 left in the first half. First and 10 at the Rutgers, they, he runs for nine yards. He gets to the Rutgers 34. I don't know what happened between the minute 43 and the next thing I see timestamp is 17 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> So the play sheet is probably not right here, but he takes a timeout with 17 seconds left. Then he runs on second and one for no gain to Rutgers 34. And then he takes another timeout with 10 seconds left. And then they run the ball again. They get the first down for nine yards. So they're at Rutgers 43 first down pass complete to Rutgers gets it to Rutgers 49 Rutgers false starts uh, negative five yards. And that's basically halftime. I'm giving this. To I'm giving this to Jimbo this week. Jimbo, yeah, Jimbo. That's that's pretty egregious in a game that was that close. Yeah, I mean, but you can't take him to the second half. I'm sure. I'm thinking Jimbo's. I don't know if either of you play Dungeons and Dragons, but the uh, the the player's handbook for the fifth edition of Dungeons and Dragons notoriously has a terrible index, and I wonder if that's the problem. He just has an index, and every time it says. Third and eight with this much time left. See page 37. It turns to 37. It tells him, oh, you see, you're looking for this. Turn to page 39. (laughs) It's his his choose his own adventure book. Yeah. I'm going to have to give it to Jimbo. He's paid the most. 
Um, That's true. So yeah. I think I'm going to award Clock Commander of the Week to Jimbo Fisher. Congratulations. You are Clock Commander of the Week. Two more fun things. One, this was the first weekend all season in which no FBS games went to overtime. No, and also, half of the Celebration Bowl, one of the best games of the year, has been decided. North Carolina Central Eagles have won the MIAC. They are heading to the Celebration Bowl. And now we got to figure out who's going to win the SWAC. The SWAC East has already been decided. That's Jackson State. Yep. And the SWAC West is coming down to next week. Between, I don't know. Let me see. I don't I mean, think Prairie, it's Prairie View. It's, Prairie View's five and two. And they're, 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 they're ahead right now in the SWAC. Okay. So, yeah, it could be. Yeah, it's the Prairie View um, and Southern, I believe, are still alive. Was Southern uh, Jackson State, that was the uh, game day game, right? That yeah, was, that was yes. the game day game. Yeah. Just different uh, divisions in the SWAC. Um, I, we do want to shout out College Game Day going to Bozeman, Montana. Yeah, Brawl of the Wild, baby. The Brawl of the Wild is getting College Game Day. We'll preview that a little bit better. The forecast for Bozeman is a high of 26 oh boy. Um, nice. for that day. So it's it's going to be going to be cold up there. Uh, I am just picturing, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of beanies. There, It's going to be a lot of fun. Montana fans are a little upset that they didn't go to Missoula last year. And now they're going to Bozeman. Uh, so basically, Jaden Delora, uh, national hero for for uh, Bozeman, Montana, but him beating in Arizona, beating UCLA. This great yep. the big the Big Sky Conference. Uh, they they follow us and they they enlisted our help to try to get game day about a month ago. Um, <laughs> and we we've, we've been tweeting and publicizing and we called for it after Arizona won and game day answered. So, I mean, it's great for FCS. It's going to be a big sky showdown. The brawl of the wild. Love yeah. it. Chicken Sinan, you got anything else? Uh, actually, yeah. I was just wondering if we had a dude's rock moment of the week. And I think the nomination I would have to have is is the Pickles. Ladies, Ladies can be dudes. Ladies. That is true. Ladies can be dudes, too. So, congratulations, Pickles of Michigan State. Like the Michigan State Pickles. Maybe it's viral marketing by the Portland Pickles. They hired three Michigan State girls to uh, wear pickle costumes. Hey, you know what? <laughs> in East Lansing. It worked. Well, guys, it's been a good week. We will meet you back here for week 12 preview.